It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, there's a lot happening on our campus right now. And we have our kind of our construction adventure, remodeling the dorms. Uh, we're gearing up for our summer semester. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, we are getting full for our summer semester. I never like even saying that because I don't want to discourage people from continuing to try and sign up and technically add to a waiting list because I don't know if we've reached waiting list status. I, I wish I knew going into this. But I remember the other day we were down to just a couple girl spots and I think there may be a few guy spots left. I think couples and families are now off campus if they want to join. But that's a really good sign. Mid-March, I guess we're a little later than mid-March. We've started spring now. Uh, but it's highly irregular for us to already be packed. And uh, it, But it's a really interesting sign because it's showing us the hunger for discipleship. Which is right exciting. Now. It is. I think, you know, COVID and, you know, all of its um, funny things that it's brought into the world, it has the potential. I've, you know, you and I have been discussing this throughout this entire process. It has the potential to awaken the sleeping giant of the church. And so we are witnessing it at least at a certain level. But if any of you are interested in being discipled at Ellerslie, we don't want to discourage that at all. We really want uh, you to continue to apply. And we always will have a certain, it's called an attrition rate where certain students can't make it and there's spots available. But also we have a week long at the end of our summer, a yep. week long training that still has room in it. And we have a fall training that has a significant amount of room in it still. So we would just highly encourage you to consider that. Yeah, I'm so excited for upcoming training season. And so. with our new dorms, at least yes, two of right. our dorm uh, structures will be uh, renovated and are supposedly going to be really nice. Uh, right now, they don't look so nice because they're all torn <laughs> up. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's it, it'll be fun, especially for all the old students that have come through here. They're like, what? You wait till I leave and then you <laughs> remodel? It's a big deal, you know, for a ministry to have the budget to do these things. This has been a whole faith project it for has. us in and of itself. So, And God is so faithful. He it's, is. It's been, he it's is. been amazing. And I think it's going to be nice for us to feel like our dorms are, are refreshed uh, too. That's right. Uh, well, Eric, we've been talking through last Sunday sermon, Living Dangerously. And, and in that message, you were, we're talking about the practical first steps of, uh, of living. In other words, being purposeful and being intentional in even how we wake up, how we walk into uh, the living room, how we engage with spouses and, uh-huh. and the practical things. Could we talk a little bit about just very practical, just tactics for Absolutely. effective living? Yeah. And there's there's so many micro movements that I think fall under the radar of how we as Christians typically think of life. Like we're going to think, oh, I need to share the gospel or I need to study my Bible or I need to love my enemies. And those are all true, but they're, those are outflow actions of more micro, smaller level decisions that many of us are unaware of. And when the spirit of God is renovating us, when he is sanctifying us and building us strong into the temple of God, he needs to touch those micro zones of our life. And so that's where we've used the illustration of, okay, when you get out of bed in the morning, that is a micro movement that is very, very impacting on the rest of your day. All the other movements are going to be colored by that movement. So if you wake up incorrectly, you wake up, focus on yourself, you're grumbling, you're grouchy. It is interesting how that colors and it sets a pattern and a course for the rest of your actions in that day. And yet that's the one that we tend to forget. In other words, we, we right. look at the frustration, we look at the yep. the selfishness throughout mm-hmm. the day, 
but don't realize it's because that's how we set the tone. We made a choice. Yep. It's our first fruits offering to God. And when our first fruits are being held to ourselves saying, I want that, it's interesting, but it actually disintegrates and, and harms the rest of that, that territory in our day. And which is why when you take the opposite and you begin to tactically approach your day for the sake of Jesus Christ, it's like, I'm going to claim by my very first moments when my alarm goes off, that is God territory now. How could I approach it in a practical way that would affect and color the rest of my day in a totally different light? So to get us warmed up for this, I, I interviewed Dan McConaughey. I like that guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, so Dan's one of our executive uh, team members here at Ellerslie, for those of you that are unfamiliar. But Dan is like ex-special forces. He's He gets very into the practical, tactical side. So to have him in a message that talks about the tacticals, uh, the tactics for an essential, for an, uh, an effective, an effective life. life. Yeah. <laughs> What's the name of this one? <laughs> I mean, Dan's like the perfect guy for it. So uh, I want to show you that interview. I need to forewarn you that uh, it's a Zoom call. So we have some oddities as far as audio and, you know, the video is not that good quality, but hopefully I, I think, you know, I did review it and I think it comes through with clarity and I had to trim off the final three minutes because of quality, which is sad because there were some really good gems that Dan threw in there at the very end. So it's just going to sort of end after he gives this one fun quote. So that's all, I'll leave it at that. But uh, guys, I, I hope that this encourages you and it'll stir you and I up for the rest of our discussion too. Well, I'm with Dan McConaughey, and uh, there's nothing quite like a topic of living dangerously in talking with Dan McConaughey. I, I'd say this happens to be one of your favorite topics for discussion. Doesn't it fit you well, Dan? Amen. It is. <laughs> so uh, we talked after the message uh, briefly, and you know, you were stirred up. Give some of your thoughts. I, I really enjoyed just your immediate feedback uh, after uh, the message, Living Dangerously. Well, the first thought I had in it was um, that there is only one thing more than living dangerously, and that is not living dangerously. Okay. If we're not living dangerously, then we're in eternal danger. That's right. When we do live dangerously, then we have actually exited the possibility of eternal danger. That's right. So that was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of my favorite things about you is how practical you make your Christianity. You you live a very <clears throat> life, but still a life dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And that's a hard balance, I think, for a lot of people to understand, is how you allow God to do the work, but that you still allow God to be one who disciplines and who sharpens uh, your life. Could you give some input on that to so many out there that struggle with finding that <clears throat> balance? Well, there's a there's an interesting word in the fruit of the spirit passage in Galatians five, and uh, you go through the spirit. There's four nouns, then there's four adjectives that have been made into nouns with the, the word with the uh, suffix ness, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and faithfulness, and then there's this thing that's kind of really out of character. It was love, joy, peace, patience goodness, kindness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and then self-control. And it's, it's a completely different kind of word. And it's an interesting word. It's one that if you've heard Eric preach, you've heard him talk about it, Egritea. 
but it's a unique word because it's built on the root word krator. And that means that you have the right, the power, the authority, the privilege, and the responsibility to control. And it's reflexive, so it's back to yourself, like I cut myself or I feed myself. This is I control myself. And the interesting thing, again, about the word it's krator is that it has to do with the right, the privilege, the responsibility, the power, and the authority to control yourself, but it doesn't reference the action. And so we, we have to go someplace else to find that action. And we find that action expressed probably the best way that I can find it in there in 1 Timothy 4, verse 7, where Paul tells Timothy, exercise yourself or discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Well, if it's true that what Peter says in Second uh, Peter 1, that he has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness, and then Paul comes along and says, now, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. In other words, put it into practice. Use it. Make use of it. He's given you what you need. Now use it. Can you give us some of the practical tactics that Dan McConaughey has used in some of these zones that we're talking about sort of flowing out of Sunday's message? You know, like I talk about waking up in the morning and the significance of even how I wake up in the morning. I know that you have a lot of thought about that too, because even without us comparing notes, that's a big part of your life and thought as well. Entering the living room and how we engage with the aspects of our day, entering the kitchen, entering our marriage, entering our parenting. What are some of the tactics that you have found uh, effective in your spiritual life to stay sharp and to stay ready? Well, over the years of, of teaching here at Ellerslie, I've had a number of young people ask me, how did, how did you learn to be fearless? How did you learn to be self-controlled? How did you learn... And I thought for a long time on that, and I, I was planning on making a curriculum for it and so forth. But what I discovered was that not fearing isn't something that you learn, it's something that you choose. And so when it comes, for example, I've got about 750 jumps and from some pretty interesting situation, combat jumps from 900 feet and high altitude jumps from up around 28,000 feet and jumps out of helicopters, repelling out of helicopters, and jumping out of the back of airplanes and out of the sides of airplanes, uh, all kinds of different jumps like that, that I come up to the door, and I feel fear, and I choose to jump in spite of the fear. And the other side of fear that, that I think is significant, well, there's a, a couple of aspects of fear that I've had to learn to deal with, that fear is something that God gave us to protect us. When the roads are really bad, I don't go out and drive 100 miles an hour because I have a level of fear about what might happen to me. But I don't let fear control me. I choose to control myself by the power of the Holy Spirit because it's a fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit is in there and it says, hey, you've got everything you need. I've given you everything you need 
And so what it comes down to is not learning, but choosing to do it, choosing to get up in the morning, choosing to not hit the snooze button. In fact, I have a, an interesting little soundbite here that I'll play for you. This is by a guy named Jocko Willink, and I'll play it for you. So, you hit the snooze button. You hit the snooze button. You caved. <laughs> you decided today wasn't going to be the day. You decided today to roll over and hide under those covers. And you decided that you were going to embrace that weakness. Really? Is that really what you want to do? Is that really who you want to be? Someone that folds and crumbles at the first little sign of hardship? Because that's where you are right now. You are failing at the one challenge you have complete control over. You know, every day people face real hardships. They face real enemies. They face real challenges. And all you have to do is get up and get out of bed right now. Convicting, actually. <laughs> I, I love his, uh, I've read several of Jocko's books. And though he's not coming from a Christian perspective, I don't even know if he's a Christian, but he is so strong uh, on that of like those those early steps. It's, yeah. the, it's the micro things. Yeah. I really appreciate what Dan said at the very beginning. He said, there's something more dangerous than living dangerously, yeah. which is not living dangerously. living dangerously. And I yeah. thought that was actually a really profound reminder for the state we're in because it's, it's so easy to look at all the stuff that we're called to do. And, and it's so easy uh, we talked about it, I think it was yesterday, that that not yet. I'm just saying, well, I'll get to it eventually. Hmm. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll not hit snooze tomorrow. I'll yeah. eat healthy tomorrow. I mean, the yeah. best diets always start tomorrow, right? Because yeah. I don't have to be doing it right now. Yeah. And yet the trajectory of my life, the reason I am where I'm at right now is because of those micro decisions up to yeah. this point. So if I'm, if I'm looking at my spiritual life or I'm looking at my health or I'm looking at marriage or I'm looking at whatever that might be, I am where I am because of micro decisions. So if I want yeah. to change it for the future, it has to start in those those micro areas. And when should those micro decisions start? Uh, a few weeks from now? It's the not yet character, which we've talked about this week in Daily Thunder in reference to the book of Haggai that we talked about. That was their mentality. The Jews yeah. were saying, not yet. We agree that the temple needs to be built, but you know what? Not yet. Uh, and when we put off the key action points that actually are going to alter the trajectory of our life, we're putting off freedom and fruitfulness. We're, we're putting off that which actually we crave more mm -hmm. than anything. We all desire a successful life, a life that is effective in its time here on earth. But to do that, we need to take these small decisions seriously. But they touch us in a in the quadrant of our existence where self likes to sit, yeah. we want to actually have it our way. We want life on our terms. We want to feed our appetites. But as long as we allow self to remain in that control position, it kills us. It destroys our life. It doesn't just destroy you know, our attitude in the day. It doesn't just destroy our perspective. It destroys every relationship we enter into. It destroys our marriage and our family. It destroys our productivity for the kingdom of heaven. You can do a lot you know, for the world, but you're not going to do anything for the, the kingdom of heaven. As a result, you're going to be a contributor to the deterioration of a culture as opposed to the change of it. Yep. And so as a result, these micro practical 
tactical decisions as we're describing them today become very, very important. And I would say in my life, if you were to break it down and say, Eric, what are some of the most important little things that you do? I would say, okay, how I get up in the morning and how I set my feet on the ground and the first thoughts I have in my head are one of the most important spiritual secrets that I possess, which is such a, it sounds so ridiculous to say that that could change the entire trajectory of a life, but that's why we're actually talking about this. It does. And the way that I walk into the living room is another key thing. How am I going to engage with my life's work, with my life's challenges, with my life's cares? If I choose to approach it selfishly, it will deteriorate and these zones of my life will actually crumble. But if I choose to put Christ first, it's amazing. Just my attitude of walking in and how I treat my computer. Is my computer going to rule me? Is the information on that computer going to tell me how I should spend my day? Or am I going to tell my computer how it can serve me and bring the scriptures to life? Mm-hmm. I want to study scripture right now. This is the priority that God has given me. I want to pray right now. No, I hear that beep. I hear that buzz. And I see that email that just came in. I am going to ignore it right now. And I'm going to focus on Christ. Those tactical decisions actually don't just impact the moment. They impact the life. That's so good. <clears throat> I think just even to close, I had two thoughts. One, I think we have to remember that when we're making or when we're beginning this journey of making micro decisions, it is always harder on the front end because it's new. It's it, we're, yeah. we're just trying to figure this out. It's like uh, I just started a new workout plan. And holy cow, the first <laughs> first few days are so hard. You know, you're, you're changing your eating habits. You're changing your exercise routine. But after a couple of weeks, it actually gets easier. You still have to make the hard decision in the yeah. day. And in that sense, it is still difficult, yeah. but you you have a better routine. Uh, not hitting snooze when you've always hit snooze yeah. is a hard thing not to do. It is. But, right. but after 20 years of not hitting snooze, it actually becomes easier, yeah. even though in that moment, you still have to make that important yeah. decision. So I think it's just good for all of us to remember that sometimes we look at, okay, I'm going to change the micro decisions, but then we forget, all right, it, I have to recognize it may be difficult on the front end. Mm-hmm. But the repercussions or the outflow is going to be tremendous in the long run. The formation of a habit is not one one repetition, two yep. repetitions, even three. In fact, most people give way and fall to pieces at the third repetition. It's, you know, you look at anyone who's trying to get into a new workout routine. Third day is almost, the, you know, I don't. there probably needs to be some day name for it, like the day of death. <laughs> it just doesn't work. They're getting sore. They're starting to feel like, is this really worth it? I didn't know it came with this type of baggage of pain and challenge. Wow, this is hard. And then they stop. And so when you know that ahead of time, that micro change, these micro decisional uh, things that are taking place to persevere through that and to recognize, yeah, there will be a little storm ahead, but wow, is it? amazing when you break through into the uh, into the clear blue sky instead of the, the storm cloud. And so that comes through persisting in those changes and expecting mm. that there will be a backlash, expecting that there will be a little pain in the process. But wow, it is, is it worth it to develop habits that truly strengthen your spiritual life and cause your life to be effective for the kingdom of heaven? Mm, that's so good. Well, even just to conclude, I want to give a challenge that maybe don't focus on 30 areas of, of life. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I've noticed, you brought the tennis ball principle, I think it was yesterday, but it's just like, if I'm trying to fix every area of my life, then I tend to not focus on any of them. And I think it would actually be good for those who are listening 
to almost pick one key area, which yeah. probably even just should be, okay, how do we wake up tomorrow morning yeah. with Jesus upon our mind? Which is probably going to demand us to even go back one step further and say, okay, how do I go to bed You know, on a, at a proper time <laughs> yeah. where even what I put in my mind as I'm falling asleep, yeah. usually whatever, whatever I fall asleep thinking upon is what I wake yeah. up yeah. pondering. Mm-hmm. And so even just how I fall asleep and what I'm pondering as I'm sleeping is actually really important to how I wake up That's in those right. first movements uh, even in the day. But I would encourage those who are listening to make a practical plan of, okay, tomorrow, how am I going to set my mind on things above the moment I wake up? How do I not hit snooze tomorrow morning, <laughs> even though I may want to with, with every fiber of my being? And I think that's where it needs to start. In other words, start with one step. Mm-hmm. And if we would just keep at that one step, we'll see a tremendous movement. It's just like cutting down a tree. I could hit a tree one time. But if I hit it one time a day, there there comes a point when the tree falls down. Yeah. So it may seem like it's insignificant in the moment, mm-hmm. but it's as I, it's that repetition of over and over and over again that we see the grand, grand change over a period of time. Amen. So I would just encourage everyone to make a decision. How do you change your life? How do you practically change your morning uh, so that Jesus is the first thing uh, on your mind? That's so. it. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.